I believe everyone has a story to share. I'm on a journey to discover the magic inside each person's story. Each week, I will introduce you to guests where I will dig deep and uncover the beautiful miracles from life and experiences to inspire and encourage you to live life to the fullest. My goal is to give each guest a platform to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Donner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic. Today, you are in for a real treat. In life, when you meet someone who is so pivotal and instrumental in your life, you want to announce her to the universe. This is how I felt when I met my next guest, Ellie Molina. Before I got introduced to her, my sister had a few readings with her and said, wow, this woman is incredible. She told her things only she would have known and helped her discover who she truly is and where she was going. She gave her tools to allow her to see things in ways she never knew would even have even thought of. Since my sister, I have spoken with her and I have sent many friends to her as well. It's all unanimous in the gift she is and the windows and doors she has opened and given us to expand our minds and allow us to live fully and present in each moment. She has definitely found her gift here on this earth. When you're able to spend time with her, she allows you the ability to see your gifts and is beyond magical. Before we get started, let me tell you a little bit about Ellie Molina. Ellie Molina is an Amazon bestselling author, international advisor to public figures, celebrities, business professionals, and trusted mentor to seekers. She has given thousands of readings in her life. As a former university adjunct and highly recognized educator, she's been able to utilize her highly developed intuitive abilities, working with students, parents, and clients. She holds a master's degree in linguistics from NYU, studied at the University of Kiel in West Germany, taught abroad as well for more than five years, and has been educating for four decades. She's appeared on network TV discussing intuitive development in children, the founder of Kids, where children and adults learn to develop, trust, and utilize their psychic and intuitive abilities. She co-founded a magic school for children in Washington State, where children learn to use more of their minds in a very different manner. She's written and illustrated a children's book titled Annabelle and the Domino, a resource guide for adults and educators called Children Who Know How to Know, which became an Amazon bestseller, as well as a collaborative work titled Dancing in the Unknown. Her passion is teaching and guiding you to work with your own powerful intuitive abilities while introducing you to unrevealed mind power techniques. So without further ado, please welcome Ellie Molina to the show. We did it. Hi, Ashley. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me here today. I'm excited. I'm excited to be here. Oh, my pleasure. It's almost a dream having you here. I've known of you for probably three or four years and, you know, my sister, and then I've sent you to friends and 
And thank you for that. You've sent wonderful people. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. But you know, you're just interesting and amazing. And I kind of, because this show is called Uncover Your Magic, I'd love for you to start when you realized you had this magic, like go back and kind of when you realized you had all these intuitive abilities and when you started tapping into that. Probably around five, I would say. And first thing that I remember, because when we're little, we have these memories and we're not sure what we remember. But I do remember being in the, the apartment. We lived in an apartment at that time and a picture fell down. And I remember looking at the picture falling down and I said to my father, Mr. Robinson or Robertson, Mr. Robertson just died. And my father looked at me and said, what? I said, Mr. Robertson just died when the, the picture fell down. And then they confirmed it. And Mr. Robertson did pass around the same moment that Ellie had the picture fall down over there. And then I had dreams when I was little that I would walk among people who had passed. And I remember saying, if you're dead, how can I see you? And then she would say, well, we walk among the living only if you can see us. Now, I don't think she used those words, but basically it was kind of along those lines. Like, yeah, we're dead, but we can walk among the living. Only certain people can see us and we're walking together. You see me. And that was really the beginning of years of repressing it, Ashley, where it was my generation, it really wasn't cool to run around saying, oh, I'm a psychic or I have these things. It wasn't, that was more, you know, that's Alfred Hitchcock stuff and we uh, frowned upon. And so it was just like, oh, Ellie, keep it quiet. Just, you know, so no, no, no. And no matter how long I tried to keep it quiet, Ashley, it just kept coming up and coming up. And finally, when I was in my 30s, I just couldn't do it any. I could not suppress this any longer. So I started doing readings for people. And then I started working the Long Island Psychic Fair. And then the rest is history. And then I started, after I started teaching and using it and using it with kids. And, oh, it was just, I couldn't, couldn't keep it down, put it like that. Huh. So. <laughs> no, I love that. But you did, your thing is with kids at the beginning, because you wrote that children's it, book. Yeah, it was all with children. Mm-hmm. Why children? Probably healing a past wound, you know, knowing that kids are really intuitive. All children, we're all intuitive. We're all born with this gift, but our upbringing either squashes it or encourages it. And so it was really important to me when I was working with kids that that was not squashed with the kids in my classrooms. So I always did empowerment with my students and it was really important to me. And so that the opportunity that came maybe years later to go do this magic school. And that was like, okay, yeah, I took my youngest son and let's go. We're off. We're doing this. We're on an adventure. Mm-hmm. And I, that's how I ended up in Washington. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where I'm from. Yes. But when you say magic school, is mm-hmm. it, are you teaching them magic? Well, magic is, we're teaching remote viewing, which is seeing without, what do, I call it magic just because it's fun. So we were teaching remote viewing, which is seeing without our eyes. We taught telekinesis, moving objects with our hands and with our minds. We did blindfolded archery, again, out on the fields with archery and blindfolders, you know, blinders on. And then to see the target, even though the body would be this way, over here, the target's over there, hold your body this way, but your head goes in this direction. So you're not looking at the target with your eyes, you're looking at the target with your third eye. And then we do telepathy exercises, so that was what I called magic. Hmm. And the spoon bending. That the was, spoon bending. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With your mind. 
Yeah, well, kind of yes, sort of yes. So I'm not at that space where I can just hold the spoon and say bend. That's an Uri Geller thing. That takes years and years. And I have not met too many people, if any, that can do that. So I don't have a spoon. So with the spoon bending, though, what that would look like is focus intention, put your fingers over here, kind of hold it. There comes a point where it just, just bends. You're ready to bend it. And then it just bends like that. And you have to believe it. We well, have to know it. Yes. Know it. Yes. <laughs> you have and, to know that that bends. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the kids, so, you know, the whole thing with children, they're pretty much done being programmed till, till about eight years old, right? Seven, eight years mm-hmm. old, they're mm-hmm. green. They've all been programmed. Do you feel like mm-hmm. that is why you can work so easily with those children because they're so fresh from life and not having all these programs that have limiting right. beliefs? Well, the kids, yeah, absolutely. So the kids that would come to me and that are put into my programs, even when I was just just in another program a few months ago, but that was via Zoom. And the kids that come to me, their parents believe it anyway. So it's not like a parent saying, oh, you can't bend a spoon or you're not going to be able to remote view. We got a parent who's got a five-year-old who's like, of course you can do this. Easy. Oh, you're really great at doing this. So this is no, it's like no nonsense for the child. Well, I can do this. Of course I can do it. Then you have the experience, the child has the experience, gets it right. And there's confirmation. They can build on that. And there's a new habit begins and a new belief begins. And it's very empowering. Wow. Did you raise your son that way? One out of three. The other one. So they're all intuitive. Only one's, my oldest son is 37. So he's got a whole different programming at this point. My middle son is highly intuitive. He uses it. And my third son is very intuitive. And he grew up in that environment. He grew up remote viewing, psychic, all he's really, but he doesn't bend spoons because he doesn't, just doesn't, not, not interested. <laughs> but, you know, you, I believe that we're all that way. You know, I mm-hmm. feel like we're all have that ability. We do, we do. Right? Yes, we so do. So why do you choose to see that? What's different? Like, why can't I have that same, is it that I don't believe it? Maybe you just don't have experience in it. So example, when I do my psychic development courses for adults, then they, although most of the participants come with curiosity as opposed to being able to do it. So a person would come to the workshop. And of course, I've been doing the workshops via Zoom because of COVID. And they come to the workshop and I do some introductions. I start talking to them. And then once you have an experience, even if you don't believe it, you're going to have an experience because our brains are able to do that. We are all tapped into universal consciousness. We're all connected. So you'd be in the circle of the Zoom call with other people who are now telepathically sending and receiving. And then all of a sudden you're going to get a hit. Like it's called a hit when you see it. And then it's like, oh, wow, I did it. Oh my God, I'm so excited. And then something happens in your body and then you want more. (laughs) Oh my gosh, like a a drug or something. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's very empowering. And that feeling is the, when I bent my first spoon, the feeling was so unbelievable is a very strong, empowering feeling. Like if I can bend a spoon and I can do blindfold archery and I can remote view, then why am I afraid to pick up the phone to call somebody or so-and-so? Like, of course, we're so powerful. We just give away our power. We don't realize There will come a day, Ashley, when we are going to understand how to use these powers for the benefit of the planet and ourselves. And I'm excited for those days. 
Oh, I don't, know if I'll, I don't know if I'll see them, but other people would definitely will. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of planet, so going, I want to know your whole take on this pandemic mm-hmm. and this year of 2020. Ouch. And then I want you to kind of go into where you see us going into 2021. Ay, ay, ay. Okay. Without getting me into the hot seat over here. This has been long predicted that this is coming. So this is not even, this is stuff that we know has been predicted. We are going, this is part of my prediction, but also what I do know historically from other channelers that the earth is going through transformation and the earth is going through a major shift and a change in consciousness. And we've been seeing the consciousness shift. Okay. Even technology is reinforcing all of this. So People's awareness is beginning to change. Our consciousness is beginning to grow. And as our consciousness and awareness grows, so will the shift. There are those people whose consciousness remains very third dimensional. And then there are people whose consciousness has been increasing fourth dimensional, heading into a higher dimension. So we're going to see major shifts happening. We got to do this. It's not pleasant The how is never pleasant. The pandemic is, to me, this is an extension. This is, okay, I'll give you an example. Some people know they need to leave a marriage, but they don't leave the marriage until they get hit over the head with a hammer and they have some traumatic effect happen into their lives. And then they say, oh, you know, I'm getting divorced. But if you ask them intuitively, they knew years ago that they needed to leave, but they just weren't ready. So they waited for a circumstance to create it. And The earth is going through this shift. We haven't had a large enough circumstance to create and cause the shift in consciousness as we have had now through the pandemic. So yes, it's a virus and yes, it's real. Yet there are stories and theories around it. It is the catalyst to create the shift. It's the cause to create the shift. And so Now we're at a really important time, my opinion, not just my opinion, but we see that so many things are going to start to fall apart. So if we're going to look at it linearly, we're going to have the election. Then after the election, hopefully it's not going to happen that we're going to have, you know, chaos. But we can pretty much imagine that there will be chaos after the election, no matter who wins. And then from that chaos that we then have this shift into a higher consciousness. And in that higher consciousness, archaic systems that are no longer working, take our educational system, our healthcare system, our judiciary system, these are political system. None of this stuff is our infrastructures. This stuff is not working. It needs to be replaced. It's got mm-hmm. to break down. And this is now the perfect opportunity for the breakdown in order so that we can build something new. Huh, interesting. Going back to the third dimension, moving up to the fourth and the fifth, because I've been reading so much about the fifth dimension. And, you know, this is kind of, you know, when people are in the fifth dimension, they're going to see the gift in this and they're going to be rising up to that. Is that what, is well, that how a, you see it? Well, there's a lot of stuff about the fifth dimension. Okay. There are people who say in the fifth dimension, you can't bring a physical body into the fifth dimension. So then it would just be a consciousness. So we're using it very loosely. The fifth dimension for me at this moment in time would be people who are highly, highly consciously aware to the space where the ego is not there. So there's no competition. There's no jealousy. There's none of the ego. All of this would be very high functioning vibrations that we as humans, we're just not there. So when we say, oh, we're looking to get to the fifth dimension, 
there's going to be so much that needs to happen as a human in our understanding of human consciousness and awareness in order to get to such a higher vibration where love and utopia is the thing. we got to get rid of jealousy, envy, hate. All of those things have to go. Mm-hmm. And that requires a shift in mindset. It requires a shift in education. It requires a lot. So who knows how this is going to look between, let's say, 3D and the higher dimension. We don't really know what that's going to look like. Do you feel that, because I know right now we're in Mercury retrograde, and I was reading how it ends the day before election, which is, you know, <laughs> you, you can't, I mean, that's amazing, right? Yeah, and then yeah. we go through this election, and then whatever happens. But do you see people, it's like it's going to, do you visualize these people as soon as they get a an understanding that this is for a reason, and then they've learned from it, then it will kind of start to come back a little bit, like we'll start to see the light a little bit, the newness of our world? That would be very beautiful. I don't think it's going to happen that quickly. All right. I really do think we're going to have a lot more chaos first. And again, it all depends who wins the election as to the level of the chaos. So there will be a lot of chaos and then there will be even more chaos. It's going to be, it's going to get pretty wild. That doesn't mean that it has to go that way though, because human beings can change, we can change everything in a nanosecond. And that is why If we choose to go through this election and we choose to go through this safely and building up a system, being able to create new from this and looking at it and teaching people to go to awareness and consciousness. Okay, so we had a really, really bad, nasty election. What can we learn from this? Well, maybe we need to restructure the way presidents get elected in the future. So that would be something that would then have to get looked at. I mean, there's so many variables happening right now. It can go so many ways. There are millions of trajectories. So to call one when there are so many possibilities in alternate realities, being able to be called into the future, you know, I'm not going there. I am very utopic, though. I will tell you that. And so I do not believe that we're going to head to dystopia where everything is just going to break down. We're going to be watching Terminator and everyone's going to be on bread lines. I'm not there. That's not part of my reality. That's not anything that I'm creating or the clients that I work with. We're all creating something very beautiful. We're protecting the planet. We're working towards uh, sustainability, towards higher values, conscious awareness. So that's where my clients and I are all putting our energy. Yeah, I love that. And speaking of when you work with clients, because my dear, dear friend is working with you right now, and the tools that you use to really open up their minds, like for one, an example that I've learned about through you is the mirroring technique. Okay. Can you describe that and how important that is when you look in the mirror? Oh, that's not, okay. I wasn't quite sure which, because there's a couple of techniques around a mirroring and I was like, oh, which one? That's not mine. That's actually Louise Hay. That is Louise Hay where we look into the mirror and then we do our affirmations. So every time you see a mirror, you walk by, you could wink at yourself. You go, I love myself and all is well. I love and approve of myself. So the idea is to get you to really love who you are from the physical so that you're loving yourself with your imperfections and your flaws and you love who you really are. And Louise did that. Louise Hay did that. And she created a book out of that and she's got all kinds of wonderful things. But it's so important. There's even a little 
anybody listening to this who has a small child, there's a YouTube video that went viral, oh, I don't know, maybe 2015 or 16, Jessica's Affirmations, and Mm -hmm. she's little and she's in front of the mirror. Oh, yes. Okay, I love myself. I love my family. Okay, so that's basically the mirror. That's the mirror work. And that's so powerful for children, for adults and children. Because when we love ourselves, well, we have to love ourselves first before we can love anybody else, really. Right. And when you look at yourself and you have that eye contact in the mirror and mm-hmm. you're really telling yourself how much you love, I mean, mm-hmm. to think it is, it, people struggle with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And Ashley, in the beginning, so many people start to cry, okay, because everything just comes up. And it is just that constant then self-talk about loving yourself and forgiving yourself and just loving yourself. And lo- and then ultimately, there comes a day where you can look in the mirror and you can just give yourself a wink and say, you know what, I'm awesome. I got this. I'm great. You know, just like Jessica, I, you know. Oh, she's adorable. I do that with my girls all the time. I've done it since they were that little because I think that's so important. So you do the astrology, mm-hmm. right? You work with people's, all mm-hmm. their astrology. Do mm-hmm. you, when you, like if someone's going to call you and have an appointment and they're going to get a reading, you get any information from them before no. their birth date or you just get on oh, and say hi? Yes. Oh, no, no. I like to take their chart first if they want to. So if somebody calls me for a session, they have an option of either just doing a psychic session with a little bit of strategy, or they can have psychic with astrology. So it's, I will say this, I never Google anyone and I'll say, or I never look up anybody in advance. And there are the reasons for that is a, it can front load. Front loading is when you get information about somebody that may not even be accurate. I'm not looking to see who they are as a persona, let's say on the internet or on Facebook or any of that, I don't want any of that information. I do not want to be front loaded. I want to see what's inside and I want to see what's coming out around, not what's being presented to the public. So then in the reading, I devote some time to their astrology. I look at their natal chart where their planets are when they're born, that is their blueprint. And then I'll look at the outside to see where the planets are transiting right now. So just like, for example, Mercury in retrograde, depending on what house it is, has a different meaning than, you know, we want to look where your Mercury is in astrology on your chart. And if your Mercury is in the third house, well then, and it's retrograde, you're going to have a lot more problems in communication than somebody perhaps whose Mercury is retrograding in the fourth house. So I look at that, I look at transits where they are, and then I just do the reading. Now the reading comes hard to describe. So readings just flow. And I prefer not to look at people when I do readings. Back in the day when I was doing them, I did, but now I prefer not to only because I find it distracting and I'm very, very used to working on the telephone or on Zoom right now. So I'll just go into a zone. I go inward and then I just start to see things. They don't make sense to me because I don't know your life or the client's life. So I just say what I see. And then later on, we'll put some of the pieces together Things that make sense are obviously things that we know they're in the future, right? I mean, they're in the present and they're in the future or in the past. And the things that are really unknown to anybody, that's all future. Those are all future possibilities. And then again, you know, do they all come to fruition? No, many of them do. Many of them do. Some don't, you know, it's just potential possibilities and choices. Right. Choices, right? That's what I would be thinking. Mm -hmm. You have a choice. Right. 
And then there's also, I do have, it's not, I don't have this anymore, but many years ago, I did come across people who were really excited about making sure that I, my predictions were wrong. So for example, they were very, you know, like, oh, she said I was going to meet somebody, but I know I'm not going to meet anybody. I know I'm not going to meet anybody. She's going to be wrong. So with that Mm -hmm. kind of attitude, you know what? Yeah, you could be meeting somebody, but she's going to be wrong anyway. So even if she's not, she's going to be wrong. Right. So, but I don't have that anymore. So, but that used to be back in the beginning when I first right. started working. Huh, interesting. You yeah. know, I think of when you used to see the dead, you know, the people that mm-hmm. have passed away. Mm-hmm. Do you still see that? Occasionally. Occasionally. Not when I'm shopping or anything like that. Sometimes when I am in a certain place, I'm outside or something like that. I will get a glimpse of somebody going by. I will see a shadow figure. And it's not, you know, and then I double check to see if it's the light, if it's my glasses, if I'm not wearing glasses. So I always look, but there are occasions, but not when I'm focusing going shopping or something like that. It's not like, I don't have that gift, if you want to call it like, I don't know if you've heard of, there's the Long Island medium. Yeah. Where, okay. <laughs> she could like look at you and see the dead person behind you. Right. That's, that's not, that's not what I, I don't have that. Now they come, sometimes I do get them in readings. But then that, again, depends on who I'm reading and what's going on. It's not, I don't really go there unless it calls to come through. Got it. So my dad passed away two days after my first baby was born. Mm. Like, you know, not expected. And so I haven't really, you know, there's been a birth and a death, you know, pretty much Mm -hmm. simultaneous. And I'll see things like there's signs that he, I always look for signs and Mm -hmm. numbers and Mm -hmm. and an Mm -hmm. owl when I'm running. and, And I, do you... If I was to have a reading with you, if that was really strong in my vibration, would you pick him up? For sure. Mm-hmm. You would. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my other sister a couple of days ago told me she has a six-year-old mm-hmm. and she said she keeps talking about grandpa. He keeps talking about grandpa. And he said, I met him before I was born. He said, hi, my name's Gary. Mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. He, mm-hmm. and that's where, you know, she, Courtney was like, what? Yes. Really? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. I have a little story. This is, I, I personally believe this is true. Of course, if you ask my own kids, they're going to, they're going to tell you it's not true. But when my grandson was in his mother's womb, I did a lot of communicating with him a lot. And I just have, I, I really feel, even though he's only one and a half and he really can't speak that much, but he, there's a definite connection. Like he always comes to me, wants to be, he wants that. There's something there. And I know that he knows it. Um, but I just did a lot of work with him on him when he was in the womb. Just a hmm. lot of communicating, oh. you know, telling him how beautiful he is, how he's growing so healthy. I did that with both my grandchildren, but the other one's too tiny. He's only a month old. So I, I have no confirmation yet. To see how he's doing. That's oh, <laughs> so fun. Like, I love that. How fun to have your grandkids now, especially with all that you do and know. Uh, it is. But I'm, I'm sure that, I'm sure that her six-year-old, that your nephew saw his granddaddy. I'm sure that children have that, we have that ability. And then are the adults negated by saying, oh, it was your imagining, you know? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if someone was afraid of dying and you were trying to tell them, what is your definition of when we pass away? I don't know. No one's come back to prove anything. So where we go, what that looks like, I do not believe we really die, die, only because 
energy. So energy cannot be destroyed. It has to change its form. Do I really believe that we have memory and recollection? Some people, yes. Not everybody, no. So it's kind of like, think about before we're born, what do we remember? Not much. Okay, we don't really remember our lives. We can. We can do a regression and come up with a wonderful past life. Is it true? Who knows? All right. Some things can be proven. Some things can't. So it's a really big question. You know, do I believe in, in the after people who have passed being able to communicate with us? Absolutely. There are so many signs. Only yet no one's really come back to sit here in the room next to us and say, hey, this is how it is. And this is what happened. So it's a big question mark. But you feel that, you know, like you're getting these beautiful grandchildren coming into your life. Did they pick these, you know, are they picking your family? I believe that we all do. I believe we all choose our, that's, there's enough in literature from thousands and thousands of years ago to pretty much, and across the board from cultures all over. So it's not like a universal Western cultural or Eastern cultural belief that we choose our parents. This goes back into into so many different tribes and religions and history. So there must be, in my opinion, there must be something to it when humans globally have the same belief, no matter where they came back from tribes before, you know, thousands of years ago. So there's got to be something to it in our design. Mm-hmm. Hmm. What about soulmates? Do you believe in soulmates? For me, soulmates are, anybody can be your soulmate. Your girlfriend can be your soulmate. Your mother could be your soulmate. So these are people that we have very deep connections with on a soul level. The souls recognize one another. Um, sometimes they can be husbands, wives, lovers, whatever. Not necessarily, not always. Twin flames, same kind of thing. Usually they twin flames come to teach other to teach lessons part of the whole. So I don't spend a lot of time in that realm. So do I believe that we have soulmates? Yes, I do. Okay. So you're the first person, you told my sister that lives in Washington about twin flames. I've read so many books. I've I've done astrology, numerology. I'd never heard of twin flames. Now you have. There's a lot out there now. Oh my gosh. And her, there, it's everywhere. Like every, there's even Instagram pages. She'll send me these twin flame things, Mm -hmm. but she's really, she feels like she's met her when you told her that. And then we're looking, I go, what is a twin flame? But how does... Will you explain that a little bit? And so she's found her twin flame, but they're not romantic. They're just friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who understands this really? I mean, for me, in my definition, this is not what you're going to read on the internet. This is just for me. Okay. This is my experience with my clients' experiences that there comes a person that we meet during this lifetime. And we are so connected to this person. Words cannot explain this experiences cannot explain it. It can defy age and culture and upbringing, circumstances. Everything is defied. And yet the connection is so, so strong. It is almost a telepathic connection. It is a psychic connection. It is a connection that needs no words and is a union. Now, do these great twin flames come together and make it during this lifetime? Most of the time, no. There's a sometimes, yes, but they're here to teach one another lessons and to be part of it's they're very important relationships. Hmm. But not everybody has a twin flame, or does everybody? I don't know. I would like to think that we all do. 
I'm just wondering if we all encounter that relationship. You I mean, mean right, embrace it or get into like no, really allow? Encounter it even to be oh. in a, to even know that that's a twin. I'm going to give you an example. I'm working with someone right now and she has met her twin flame and the circumstances are, are I don't know if this is, you know, in order for those two to come together, to live together harmoniously on this planet as a couple, husband and wife, the circumstances are extremely challenging. Will they be unsurmountable? Maybe not. Will they be able to stay together for the rest of their lives? Maybe not. But there are a lot of hurdles that these two have to go through in order to get there. But they both recognize and know that there's something very, very deep in this relationship. So they both know that, not mm-hmm. just one's living. Not just like one. Okay. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I've met people and that I really feel like, wow, I, there's something here. Like I've been with you before. Mm-hmm. You know, you mm-hmm. have that feeling, that connection where you almost want to, you're just like, it's a magnet, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, yes. it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Right. And I never knew that was a twin flame. Well, there's so many definitions about that also. I mean, you know, you go, you're going to go online, you're going to read somebody else's definition of a twin flame, you know? And so I guess it's pretty much open to interpretation. This is how I've seen it through the years of working together with clients where I can just see this. I don't even know how to describe it to you. It's just such an energetic force. It's so powerful that let's say, for example, your sister may be doing something and then all of a sudden she'll have a thought. It'll just pop in. And it would be him thinking about her. She wasn't thinking about him. He was thinking about her. She was able to telepathically connect to that, get the feeling and vice versa. And it kind of defies vocabulary and mm-hmm. even conventional experiences. So, but when you have it, you'll know. Yeah. Oh, no she mis- has it no mistaking sure. it. Yeah. Oh, she can do that. She can ask for him to call her or text her. And it was like, all of a sudden there it is. Yeah. Or a yeah. song. He'll send her a song that she knows and like, it's just this amazing. Yeah. It's just fascinating yeah. to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's moving into a new house and we, I always do the numerology and the address. Mm-hmm. Do you believe in that? Oh, absolutely. Okay. So she's <laughs> moving into a seven, like the address adds up to a seven mm-hmm. and she's on an 11 street. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Cute. I said, oh my gosh. And she's ready for the spiritual, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. 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 She's ready. Mm-hmm. But she's been ready. She's just progressing, you know? So if she's listening, she's been ready, okay? And if she holds on to her focus and her dream, she will have what she wants. Right. Just has to not get discouraged, okay? <laughs> so for back to the address. So my <laughs> this experience with my address, it includes everybody's birthday. There's mm-hmm. not even an extra number in it. So when we found this house, mm-hmm. I one day was thinking, wait, my new address, is it all... The, the, both the girls' birthdays, Richard's birthday and my birthday, even the dog's birthdays. Mm-hmm. It was not a number out. Doesn't that mean that this was house was meant was to your, be? This was your home. Absolutely. Huh. It was your home. And you knew it. You recognized your house and you knew it and you identified it and you knew that that was your home. No? Yeah. It like just yes. those numbers. I love numerology. But I'm saying you knew that that was your home. Okay. I knew it. Mm-hmm. You didn't? I did. Okay. I did know it. (laughs) I did know it. I guess I did. You're right. But the, when I look at like fives and, you know, you have this, do people give you their birthdays and you do the numerology for them? Or is that just something fun that you do? 
Oh, no, I don't. I only do numerology for certain things. Okay, when people ask me, like, I don't do it for their birthdays or do any of that in a reading. I don't, I don't go there. I've got too many other things to talk about. Right. Only if somebody does call me and they say, hey, look, I want to get married, then I, we'll go work out numbers. We look at dates and we look at where the planets are and we look at numbers and things like that. That I do. When you're on the phone, so one person calls you and you just say hello and then you just start talking. I start with a prayer okay. and I ask them to set an intention for the call. And then I just go into the zone. And you don't, do you remember it after you're done? Sometimes. Depends if we have conversations about it. Otherwise, not necessarily. It depends. Like, for example, okay, so I did a few, today was a very busy day. I had a few readings earlier before getting on with you. And for the most part, I couldn't tell you that I remember any of the readings. Hmm. Because it's just, you're just going. You just... I was in the zone. I was going over there. I just delivered the information. But if there's a reading and there's something that's so, there are readings that I have remembered. And these are the readings because they're so bizarre, so unusual that what people come back to me and they, I get confirmation. And then of course I do remember the reading. But when it's so unusual, that's when I remember them more so than other things. Like I don't remember them necessarily. Hmm. And sometimes when I do a reading, while I'm doing the reading, then I remember because I see the same pattern. I see the same thing. Ah. Uh, so what about, do you ever see somebody that has, you see, foresee a death that mm-hmm. you have to tell them? Mm-hmm. You yeah. do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't hold back? Mm-mm. No. I've learned to share this in such a way that it's not frightening. Hmm. And I also believe that things change. So perhaps there would be somebody who's going to pass, but since uh, this is not written in stone and there's no, I'm not God, the information is just being delivered to me, that there are things that we can do to help heal people, to change the dates, to change. There are things that we can still do within our power and that other people can do too. However, it's all in the delivery. Delivery. And it's delivery. And it's not to frighten anybody either. You know, so if, if someone were to say, oh my God, you know, I'm seeing so-and-so-and-so pass. Well, it's not written in stone that they're going to pass. But okay. we do want to then be cautious and careful that if that is the case, and if somebody's elderly, really, really elderly, and you know in the reading yourself that they're going to be passing, I mean, you could see, you know this, you just don't know when, then... It's not as frightening as something that's unexpected that may happen. And speaking of this, I'm going to share with you a reading and experience that I had many years ago. I was reading for somebody and she wanted to get divorced from her husband. And in the reading, and I just said to her, write this down because I don't know what it means. I just said, write this down. I have no idea what what this means. But something greater than you and your husband is going to determine the outcome of the marriage. And I remember saying this to her because it was so, I've never said that. I've never said those words before. I've never said them again. But something greater than you and your husband will determine the outcome of this marriage. Three weeks later, he was killed in a motorcycle accident. Oh my gosh. Now, I didn't see him dying, Okay. but I didn't see a divorce and I didn't see them staying together. Huh. So... I believe that there are certain things that I'm allowed to see, certain things that I'm not allowed. So when people say to me, oh, you know, how come you didn't see this happening? I wasn't supposed to see it happening. We weren't supposed to know. Right. I love that. 
what are certain things that you teach to help people become more intuitive? Like what are a couple things that you could share with me that are one of the things that you really focus on? Trust yourself. That's number one. And so when you do get, I call them hits, all right? We get these hits. We get these knowingnesses. We're not talking about anxiety where we know, oh my God, I'm worrying, I'm worrying. We get a hit, all right? You meet somebody. There's something there, you know, at that particular moment because we operate on such a different level than besides the eyes, right? And Mm -hmm. so at that moment, there's something, but you can't put your finger on that something. So that becomes just... Don't make a judgment on it, but just pay attention to it and trust it. There's a something. And if there is a something, then you want to pay attention to it. And not to make a decision like, oh, I don't want to like them. I don't want to know them. But just be aware of it so that, yeah, you're aware of You want to go through life being conscious and aware, not in a sleeper state, so that people tell you something and you think it's all true or you believe everything that you hear on the media. You want to not sleep through things. You want to be able to evaluate what is true for you, what is not true, what feels right intuitively, because you know that feeling. Because if you look at your own life, anybody listening, and you say to yourself, you made them, you know, you went down a path that you knew, you knew in hindsight, you knew that that wasn't the right thing to do, but you did it anyway, because you either talked yourself out of it or other people did, or it was the right thing to do at the moment, but it went against your own values. It Mm -hmm. went against your own knowingness. And then we sit there with the repercussions of not trusting ourselves. So I teach people to learn how to do that and to value themselves so that they can then trust their intuition. Danger of this, and this is where we get, is with children and authority, because children are highly intuitive and they know who's good for them and they know who's not good for them. And they know who they want to be around and they know who they don't want to be around. And so then the authorities negate that for children and it really, it messes with them and it messes with their intuition and it messes with their autonomy. So children, in my opinion, children really, if they don't like Aunt Sally, then don't force Aunt Sally on them. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so, I mean, that you, know, you think of, I look at little kids and I always can tell an old soul, you know, there's some that just really speak to me through their mm-hmm. sweet little eyes. I just feel that, you know, mm-hmm. they know what's going on. They just came from, you know, somewhere that they know so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to be able to teach that, those little minds, what you know, and like to keep, and to have parents actually that's amazing. I mean, I guess they would have to believe what you do in order to bring their kid around you, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It has mm-hmm. to be a big team effort. Yes, they have to believe it and want it for themselves. Most of the time, parents that come to me, they want it for themselves. And so then they do want it for their children also. Hmm. But you can so. really create, someone can come to you and learn how to do, have the gifts, that just open up the gifts that they already have, basically. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's what I do in my psychic development programs. So if you go to my website, just FYI, and you, it's elliemolina.com, and there's a spoon bending gallery. And some of those spoons are mine that I bent, and some of those spoons are my clients that they bent. And they didn't think they could do it. And then all of a sudden, everybody was bending spoons around me at that time because we were in that consciousness. And so hmm. I posted a lot of spoons on the website. <laughs> so we're getting to the end because we were in Mercury retrograde trying to get on this call. But we're here, and I'm so grateful. But when you look at your life, in your future, how do you do that? Do, can you see 
things for yourself? Not really. So I believe, <laughs> not really. <laughs> so I believe also that we do create our realities. Okay, that's a big thing of what I do, a big thing of what I teach to create our own realities. I also believe we come with an expiration date. So hmm. that there are people on this planet who, you know, you can attempt to kill them 15 times and they're going to keep popping back up. All right. And then other people that just, you know, just pass away unexpectedly at a really early age. I do believe that it's karmic. We come with an expiration date. So do I know my expiration date? Not really. Do I think I know it? Yeah, I think so. But now will I be programming myself because I think I know it? Does that make so? Mm -hmm. Totally. Yes, yeah. I'm all about your thoughts and your create your own reality. I say that probably so many times in my day to the girls. You create your own reality. You're creating yeah. your own reality. All the thoughts that you think and to think how powerful our thoughts are and showing you with that spoon. Yes. Right? That's right. That's that right. is just that's, amazing. That's really what it's there. Why, you know, people ask me, why spoon bend? Well, because I want to show you how powerful you are. You can bend a spoon. Are you going to be afraid to go for a job interview? Are you going to be afraid to go take a train to someplace? No, you're not going to be. Look at the power you have. You can protect yourself. You got this. Wow. Are you going to be doing this for the rest of your life? Is this your thing? Or do you see more of training? Do you see more things added to your little? So I, I happen to really love doing readings and I enjoy doing courses. I'm, I'm a, this is my personality. My personality, my highest value is freedom. So I love to be free. And so I just like to go with the flow and I like to do readings when I want to read. I like to consult when I want to consult, which I'm still doing. And I'm also in the process of writing a young adult fiction. And so that is going to be done in 2021. That'll be done by the end of 2021. So I'm working on that big time. Yeah. Because I, you know, starting this podcast for me, it was one of those things that the voice said, start a podcast. I didn't know why, (laughs) you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's interesting because I did a podcast, I started a podcast also. I don't know if you're familiar with it. I've been listening to it. Yes. (laughs) Ask Ellie. I heard I heard the one guy come on that didn't wish shouldn't have been there the other day and you couldn't get him off. I was like, oh geez, where did he come from? I thought I got him off. <laughs> yeah, you're very, very sweet. But I just wanted to do a podcast also. I think podcasts are wonderful ways of getting the information out there to everybody. And I wanted people to have an opportunity also to ask psychic questions who don't normally want to schedule a session with me. Right. So. But, you know, I, so when I started this and I listened to that voice and I, you know, now I'm on almost 30 episodes and this happened all in quarantine. So March, I started taking the class, April, it went out and I've done one every week and still, you know, maybe like a quarter of the way in, I started thinking, oh, I mean, first of all, I would never meet these amazing people, right? This has been such an amazing gift and opened my eyes to so many different things. But what I've realized is working with teenagers. So I'm I'm kind of going off on when you said the book that you're writing. I really have this thing about teenagers because I feel like we're past the eight-year mark. Now they're programmed. Now we're getting programmed in these, all these devices, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. I was listening. Do you ever listen to Joshua Live? Do you know that? Oh, I love that podcast. I I will go check that out. Mm -hmm. He channels. It's Mm -hmm. Gary who channels Joshua, but that's probably one of my favorite podcasts. 
Mm-hmm. And he was saying the technology, these kids, you know, I'm so against it, but he says, why? This is mm-hmm. for a reason. This, everything's perfect. Mm-hmm. That's right. right. I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. I mean, you do want, my personal opinion, you want to limit their screen time and what there's, and you do want to limit some of that just because it's not healthy for us. Right. And it does, you know, negate all of our other senses, you know, being able to use, to find directions without a map, without using your phone. I mean, so we have to use practicality and common sense still so that kids can still do math without using their phone and that we do have a sense of direction and that we are connected to nature. So it has its plus and it has its minuses. But you look at everything everything. is perfect. Everything is perfect. Well, everything is there. Okay. I mean, it's just there. So example, you know, today on my podcast, I was talking about electricity. Electricity can be used to light a room and electricity can be used to electrocute somebody. Same thing. Water can quench our thirst and at the same time it can drown us. So the the, polarity of everything. The polarity of everything. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, I love that. Okay. So as we end our, I could do part two, part three, (laughs) part four. (laughs) There's so many things I could ask you. Is there anything like your last little Ellie Molina tip (laughs) of the day that you could share with our listeners before we end? See the world the way that you'd like it to be and not what you hear, start to look at it from the way that you want to see the world and really become conscious that you are a conscious creator and that the thoughts that you're thinking do contribute to what we're looking at collectively. We all count. Everything matters. Everyone matters. I love it. Thank you so much, Ellie. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you, Ashley. It was a pleasure being here today. Awesome. Thank Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening and don't forget, always look for the magic.